Welcome to Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. A Buddha is someone who's awake within the matrix and co-creating with divinity as a soul having a human experience. Each enlightened episode is dedicated to help you level up the energy field of your Merkaba. You can manifest the parallel reality that fits the best version of you. This podcast is for entertainment purposes and does not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Now, let's welcome your host, author Von Galt, and her guest. Welcome to another podcast episode of Merkaba Chakras. I'm your host, Vaughn Galtz, and today we deep dive into the first-hand account of UFO abductees with Miss Dolly Saffron, who has recalled a lifetime of alien abductions and she would like to relay a ET message to humanity. We also discuss where UFO abductions factor in the evolving discussion of humanity's 5D consciousness and when we each individually evolved in our spiritual psyche to handle first contact with higher multidimensional beings of the cosmos with author Preston Dennett. So with that, Preston and Dolly, welcome to Merkava Chakra. Hi, nice to be here. <laughs> Thanks, Vaughn. Yeah. Yeah, is- well, for- it's wonderful to have you here. First, Preston and Dolly, congratulations on being number one in Amazon's UFO books <laughs> category. So yay! Yeah, it's very exciting. I love that. I love that. Um, so let's let's get into it. So we have a lot of talk about the spiritual nature of UFOs, the metaphysical nature. Um, we're going to go a little bit into the Buddhist folklores of Lemuria and um, Dolly's perspective from her experience of that those topics. So a lot to you know unpack. So let's first start. Preston, can you tell us how you got started in the UFO research and why you were compelled to write Miss Dolly Safran's memoir? Yeah, thanks, Vaughn. I came into this field not believing in UFOs. <laughs> they weren't real. The stars are too far away. You know, people who see UFOs are lying. They're hoaxing. They're hallucinating, misperceiving. Just didn't believe it, even when my brother came running in and said he'd saw one. But then 1986 rolls around. I'm a young man, 21, but very you know, scientific in my thinking. And a report comes on the news talking about a sighting over Alaska. And I thought to myself, this poor pilot is throwing his career away. He, he saw a reflection off the ice cap. This is, yeah, sighting over Alaska. This is what I'm thinking. <laughs> uh, but kind of really intrigued me that this pilot would go on TV and say this. He must have seen something. I couldn't wrap my head around it. So I finally had the courage, I guess, to ask my brother Marco, my older brother, what he saw. 
and he described this amazing sighting. He had witnesses with him, found out my sister-in-laws had had sightings, face-to-face encounters with ETs, friends had had encounters, uh, missing time, people at work. This knocked me off my chair (laughs) uh, and uh, really had me having to take a second look at everything I thought I knew. Uh, which turned out to be I was completely wrong (laughs) about UFOs. They are real and had been studied for decades. So I I became a field researcher. I started reading every book I could find, joining every organization, uh, attending conventions. You know, years go by, I start writing articles. After 10 years of research, I put out my first book, UFO Healings, because there was a lot of fear surrounding the subject and after you know 10 years i realized it wasn't warranted it was not true <laughs> they were not here to hurt us or anything like that so i i felt like this subject is super important it's not being taken seriously and i started putting out book after book and in 19 no wait a, let me jump forward <laughs> decades because it's been 35 years now to 2016 and dolly contacts me I'm like, okay, here we have another contactee. You know, is she for real? She's, I'm sure she just wants to share her story because there's a lot of people who have nobody to talk to. I'm often like the only people who will listen to them and take them seriously. And as she started to tell her story, I'm like, wow, this, this one's a bit different uh, in that Dolly is a fully conscious contactee. She's not using hypnosis to recall her experiences. Uh, which is, you know, that not the norm, but certainly not unheard of. Uh, I've talked to many people who have fully conscious encounters. I mean, this is not out of the ballpark. Uh, but as she began talking, I realized, wow, her case is more extensive, I think, than any other case. <laughs> and she was really eager to get her story told. And it, some point, you know, we were doing a lot of interviews. She finally realized I was for real myself. I was going to take her story seriously. I wasn't going to ridicule it. I was going to tell it as accurately as I possibly could. And she told me something that just was so amazing. She says, you know, I was looking for a good researcher. I'm so glad I found you because I couldn't find any. And I couldn't find you even until my ET friends said, we want you to look up this guy. His name is Preston. Here's his last name. Here's how you spell it. We think he might be a good fit for you. So I was actually referred by the Greys. That is awesome. And that's how Dolly and I connected. I love that. I love that. Um, That's kind of how my clients find me too. (laughs) Most of my, (laughs) most of my starseed toku uh, clients, they find me usually through some kind of supernatural, um, entity so dolly tell us the most significant childhood memories regarding your ufo abductions um you mean young childhood yeah uh, yeah the the the, the, the right. top three most significant ones all right uh the first one would be uh, my uh, first time i remember anything i was about 10 months old it was in my crib i was supposed to be napping and I saw a bright light come in broad daylight come through my level orbs. And uh, I was shocked. I was standing there staring at it. And the next thing I know, I start levitating up. And I, I tried, first I tried to flip back to lay down. That didn't do any good. I was just floating up on my back. 
And when I got to the top of the rail of my crib, I <laughs> said, no, <laughs> flipped over. I was trying to get back down. And I mean, I was trying really, really hard. And then my memory goes black. Okay, I don't remember. But it was so traumatic. I never forgot it ever. Um, I slept with my feet between the bars of the crib. Everybody thought I was odd for doing that, but I had a purpose. Um, my second one was when I was about two years old, we lived in a house in Miami that had uh, closets that had the bottom closet and then the top closets on the top with their own doors. And I wanted up there so bad. In my mind, it was the perfect hiding spot. And I wanted to hide from my mom. And I kept thinking, I'm going up there. I'm going up there. I'm going up there. And it took me about a week. And I did. I, I flew up there. I levitated up into that closet. I got in. I shut the door and started laughing. My mom could hear me. She came out. What's, what's up? What's up? And she couldn't find me. She became hysterical. And uh, she heard me giggling at that point. And she got on a chair and I opened the door. And she nearly had a cow. I mean, she came unglued. She yeah. called my dad. My dad came home. She couldn't figure out how I got up there. That was the first time all the locks in the house got changed. And I was just so brilliant. Okay. I remember that. Oh my God. You know, I knew I'd done it. Um, the third one was, um, this is one I don't talk about. Usually it's in the book. Uh, my aunt had come over with my uncle and her uh, children. And uh, my aunt was upset with my cousin. She's the oldest one of the kids. And I was very attached to her. I loved her very, very much. We were very close to one another. She's a few years older than me. And um, my aunt was yelling at her and she, she ran in my room, my cousin did, to hide from her. And when she came in, she was really yelling at her. I, I couldn't understand why. And I was so upset about it. My closet flew open and all the boxes in the top of the closet shot out straight at her head. There was much pandemonium after that. I never forgot it. I was like, did I do that? <laughs> I, I realized that something was up, you know? That was when I was really convinced that something was up with me and I was able to do stuff. So those are the top three. Okay, so questions. So um, I, I always have some questions, um, you know, as, as certain things are answered. So first of all, so I'm surprised you remember your infant memories of, at 10 months. I have, a, uh, yeah. That's not unusual for contactees. Is that not, Preston? Because I don't remember anything before maybe three. <laughs> yeah, me oh, too. Wow. You too? Okay, so yeah. we're, we're normal. So <laughs> no, why yeah. is it that contactees remember like infant years? There's a couple of reasons, I think. One is that these are very unusual events and have a profound effect on them. I've talked to one lady. She's like, yeah, my first memory was seeing a UFO because uh, it was just had an impression on her. But also contactees are generally speaking, extremely psychic. They're very high awareness. This is something that, that's been sort of bred into them over many generations. But really, they have eidetic memories. There's a higher instance of eidetic memories among contactees. I talked to another lady I think she's, gosh, from New York. I'd have to look that up precisely. But she was telling me the same darn thing. She's like, oh, yeah, my mom came running in and I was floating over my crib. She says, I remember about all the way to, yeah, I think it was 11 months in her case. And it's super, um, it, gosh, not prolific. There's a word for it. When you're really advanced at a young age, 
um, precocious, precocious. Yeah, yeah, that's the word. I'm like, she's like, I was walking, <laughs> talking, full sentences. And Dolly's like saying, Oh, yeah, I was doing the same thing around age one or two or whatever it was. But yeah, that's not unusual. Yeah, well, the, mem- the memory thing is, is interesting. Because um, like, my daughter, my daughter's seven, you guys met her before the before the recording but she remembers maybe up to like one year but but that's just spotty memory it's still kind of spotty memory and she was talking at before one um in you know short sentences but but the recall that you have is even more vivid which is i find even more fascinating but you I've interviewed other people who've had levitation stories as a child um how come you aren't able to levitate now are you able to still levitate things now as an adult or do you lose it or do you forget the teachings what is it you that do it or somebody else does it I mean why not now Um, I'm the one who levitates uh I've had levitation happen to me as an adult um right now I've been broken too many times I've broken my neck I've broken my back I've broken almost every bone in my body and I have an issue now with landing Okay. And (laughs) so I'm less inclined to want to do that here. (laughs) Okay. This is where very great gravity heavy place, but I've been other places. I have no fear of it at all. And I can levitate uh, when I want to. Um, I just can't. Is there a technique that you use? I mean, like if you were, if you were wanting to levitate, is there a technique that you can share? Um, Is it like a meditation technique that you do? It is part meditation. I begin meditating first. I, 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 I focus, you know, I go within, I blot out all information. You know, I let everything go like the Buddhist traditions tell you, let it go. Okay. I see nothing, hear nothing, feel nothing. And then I singularly think I'm going to do whatever it is I'm going to do. I'm either going to float to fly a little bit, or I'm going to lift, just lift up, or I want to lift something up. Uh, I focus on that one task and then I, I just let go and let it happen. Uh, I think it's my, it feels like my astral body is doing it. Like it's, it does it first. And then my body follows. Uh, That's what you feel like when you're doing it. Um, Preston said it to me once he said, that's what everybody tells them. And I'm like thinking, yeah, I wrote a book on human levitation. And it's funny because Dolly had not offered me the fact that she had levitated until I asked, because I knew that contactees experienced this. Whitley Strieber, Stephen Greer had other contactees. And yeah, I wrote a book about this. Most recently, Jeff Selver, who just put out his book about his own contacts. I was not surprised to hear him talking about how the ETs explained in detail how people levitate. It's in the last chapter of his book. It's definitely definitely connected to the astral body. Yeah. So first, you get your your aura field, your astral body, to do the thing, and then the ast- and then it puts the material body into it. You know, um, what would be interesting is if we could teach everyone, contactee or non-contactee, how to levitate, if if only just to levitate a pen. It's a process that you have to begin with learning to use your innate abilities. Everybody Mm. has a pineal gland in their mind and everybody has psychic abilities. That's the first step. Meditate Mm. to use your psychic ability, develop it, open your mind, become more and more and more in contact with your, your, your consciousness, which is astral. Your physical mind is just an engine you live in. 
Okay. It, it's, you know, corporeal, but it's not permanent. And it, it's like a computer. It only hears your astral mind if that link is running. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, your body won't obey your astral mind unless you allow it to happen and you have to open that link. So meditation, psychic ability, and then you start walking through the steps of OBE, remote viewing and stuff like that. And along that way, somehow you start practicing one type of levitation at a time. Um, mine was that I did it naturally. I don't know how, how it began with me, but the older I got, I realized that I could move objects easier than I could float myself. Okay. And I think learning to move an object first is the way to go. Because uh, you're pinpointing something at that point, you're learning to singularly send it somewhere. And then once you get the feeling of that, the energy required, and what your astral mind is telling your body to do, then you go for the full Monty and do it practice every day. If something doesn't happen for you right away, the main thing is, is this is a muscle you haven't exercised in forever. Okay. Mm -hmm. Since you've been in this body, most people don't use this ability. So you have to keep practicing, practice, 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 practice. Don't give up. Don't be negative in any way about it. Just allow it to happen. And it will, it will mm -hmm. happen. Yeah. About the kinetic, um, the kinetic, kinetic sixth sense, um, when you are, are you using the same technique, right? Same yeah, meditation it's coming from the technique. Same part of my, yeah, okay. uh, uh, it's just jerky. In other words, sometimes it happens spontaneously. Mm -hmm. uh, most children who are like, you know, poltergeists are really the person who's involved in the event. Okay. Most children have poltergeists around them. If it's going to happen, it's not, it's not an entity outside of them. It's them doing it. It's, mm -hmm. They're having bursts of energy that cause those events to happen. And so it's jerky and it generally happens when they're upset or angry. Okay. And that's, mm. the, that's the energy that you're throwing out there. And it's very fast. It's like during a spear, you, you're not in control of where that spear is going. And it just happens. The idea yeah. with telekinetic ability, like levitation is learn to control it. And yeah, it's very much connected to our bioelectric field. Right. And it's amazing how many contactees will walk by a TV and it'll fuzz up or, you know, streetlights go out <laughs> and all these different things. Uh, right. It's definitely, and I've got lots of cases of kids who spontaneously levitate because kids are much more naturally attuned to, you know, the right. hidden realms. Right. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, because I just think about the kinetic thing, like, you know, you're focusing and then it, you move it like linear or you focus and then you just somehow shift. Moving. I'm not moving the object. The object yeah. is moving for me. In other words, it's cooperating with me. Uh, like okay. your pencil. Okay. If I wanted to move your pencil, I would, I would focus on it. Okay. And then in my mind, I would just tell the pencil it's going to move. I'm not, I'm not doing anything physically with my mind or anything. I'm letting go of all my, this energy. And I'm allowing my astral mind to take up the task. And my astral mind goes and moves the pencil and move, or does right. it, it goes and moves. You can see the movement of the pencil or does it also just all of a sudden boop and boop here. Does it do that too? Um, that's another type of energy transfer. I want to, I want to explain something to you. Okay. Cause yeah. you keep using the word word oral and I want you to understand what it, your consciousness really is. Okay. Yes, I'm going to put you ahead. in touch with it. Okay. An aura is um, your ability to see energy, okay? And everybody has that ability, everybody. Even if you've been talked out of it, you'll look at something and go, why does it look that color, you know? 
you're seeing energy. Your third eye is actually transmitting that information to you. Um, it's, uh, it's like breathing. It just does it naturally, okay? Your, your consciousness, your real self, your astral self, your astral. We all, uh, I'll start with the universe first, quickly. Our universe is a physical construct, the entire thing, the whole universe, okay? And in, within that construct are 12 dimensions, we all physically live in the third dimension right now. If you're physical like we are, you're in the third dimension. No matter where in the universe you are, your particular job here right now is just to be in the third dimension. Uh, in that same dimension with you, in your space right now, and I'm looking at you, so I'm sort of involved with it. We're in communication with one another. So we're both in the same space at the same time, astrally, okay? In that dimension are other dimensions above us fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, all the way up to 12. There are two below you, first and second. It's a flat plane, okay? The third dimension, as you can see, height, width, and uh, weight, you know, dimension of it, geometrically. The fourth dimension is a little bit more complicated because you see the corners in that dimension that you can't, you, you only see four corners, okay? In the fourth dimension, you see five and six. In the fifth dimension, you see eight and 12. Okay, and on and on and on. Each dimension has a different perspective of understanding and ability to see it exactly as it for what it is. So inside those 12 dimensions, there are entities in here with you. You are surrounded by other entities who live up in dimensions above you. Mm -hmm. People wonder what a guardian angel is. It's a fifth or sixth dimensional being that's actually capable of intervening for you and helping you or coming to you and trying to speak to you. Okay. Uh, now, there are beings that in our universe that are interdimensional beings, that would be one, okay? Uh, there are beings in our universe that are non-corporeal entities like, uh, like a fifth dimension. They don't have skin anymore. They don't have a heart beating. They don't have a physical body. They have an astral mind that can create anything for them they want. They're that advanced. Um, so an aura is your ability to see that once you start seeing auras full time, you will be able to actually see those dimensional beings when they come visit you. That's why you learn to be psychic, because the minute you turn that on, you will see all energy as it really is within the dimensional space that you're sitting. OK, I'll be honest with you. I think you got to be really, really smart or really, really wise to see past the fifth dimension. I've only seen one six dimensional being and that's it. I've never seen anybody above that. OK. And, and describe the sixth dimension of being that you saw with your with your physical eyes. Um, it is my contact, Talata. He's a fifth dimensional being, but he's also sixth. I don't know how to explain it. He's like right on it. He's he's evolved so much that he's probably already into the fifth. He's the mm. entity that indwells my craft. He, he, mm. The craft is alive, and it, it's alive because he's in it. He's transferred his consciousness into that craft to run it. Okay. All ET craft are run that way. They have, they're uh, somewhat biological as well. And he uses that craft like I use my body and you use your body. And they're so advanced. That's how their technology works. Seems like magic does, but it's not. It's very technical. Yeah, we are okay. all interdimensional. Yeah. That's another thing I want to like yeah. to point out because people are like, what are these interdimensional beings we're dealing with? I'm like, well, yeah, you are too interdimensional. Yeah. You, you have the ability to reach in any dimension in your universe where we're at in this physical construct. And what you're talking about, seeing something like go blip, is somehow you've opened a light way for it to go. You've actually 
changed its dimensional space from here to here. And humans can do that. Yeah, that's okay. the natural, that's the natural thing on the astral planes. Everyone flies. Everyone can do telekinesis. Right. You can teleport yeah. yourself and items as well, as opposed to telekinetically moving them, you can teleport them. That's right. that that's exactly what I was I was um hinting at was that instead of movement in a linear fashion, are you teleporting? Or yes. are you shifting it's, are you shifting reality or are you are you, <laughs> no, are you no. teleporting in the same reality? All the reality in this construct in our universe is reality. It's nothing it's all reality for us. Physical or non-corporeal, take your pick. Dimensionally, whatever dimension you're in, you're still in this universe. Okay. Mm. But you can and it, I guess, I guess the only way to, to describe it, you become light and you transport yourself through light. Okay. Your brain is all light. You're light. You're in a heavy, dense gravity well right here. So you don't see the light that you're all made up of. Okay. But outside of this dimension, you're turning into pure light and mm-hmm. light is energy that you can move and do whatever you want with it. You can, that's what remote viewing is, by the way, is you're taking your brain and you're remote viewing the real thing is, is you're taking the energy that you are and transferring it by light, by intelligent consciousness, which is pure life, to some other place and looking at it with your consciousness. It's not OBE, it's your consciousness moving through. And mm-hmm. it's your consciousness which can actually physically move your entire body or anything you're in that you want to move to another place. Mm-hmm. Or another reality. No, same no, reality. Same reality. Just okay, a another, different space. In just a different words, space. Like I'm going okay. from 5th Street to 24th Street. Mm-hmm. Okay. In the universe, everything has an address. Okay. Yep. Every grid, every square of it has a, a, a point of origin and a point of de- uh, the departures right by the origin. And then the part where you, re- where you, your destination. Okay. And when you, when you dimensionally jump, you're going from here to the place where you jump off and then poof, you're there in a second that fast. Mm-hmm. And, and it's all and, light. And it's all light. And, and is the difference in terms of the light of your consciousness, the difference of frequency that takes you from one to another? No. Uh, if you can do it from the frequency that you're at, you'll end up there. Your frequency is your dimensional space. You're in the third dimension. You're in the frequency of the third dimension. Mm -hmm. Now, if you evolve and you get wise and you pass through that, then you'll be able to jump to a different dimension, which is a different frequency, okay? Mm -hmm. A different dimensional frequency of light. And there are people who can do this. Father Padre Pio, he was based in uh, Spain and was seen all over the world by locating Mm -hmm. physically physically helping people um yeah, yeah humans have the ability to be very advanced and do all kinds of stuff we are unlimited in our abilities i think right um but one is the most important thing yes what okay. one, one last question about the biolocation techniques is it the same technique that you use for levitation and and um being kinetic is it the same yes. one yes okay, because so. it's my consciousness that's running the show my consciousness is energy light energy so is yours Everything you know and understand is in that light, okay? You're singularly you. You never die. You go on forever and ever and ever. You're a part of where you're at right now because you chose to be here, okay? Um, When you're ready to leave this particular realm or this universe, you can go somewhere else. But right now, you're doing your karma here, okay? And that's why. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
let's so the next question is in the book you talk about mama and the guardians can you describe who mama is and the guardians sure um okay i'll do the guardians first uh the guardians are uh in my experience and preston can really elaborate on this because i've only met one (laughs) is our mantids and i had to have a kidney transplant in 2016 and i was recuperating at my donor's house they live on a farm and uh, it was, I was there by myself one afternoon and it was blustery, wind, gailing. I mean, it was incredible. And I had the door open and the, the glass, you know, you know, the outside door sitting there. And I was looking through the glass, watching the trees whipping around. And all of a sudden I saw across the quad in the tree line, this stump, and I saw something moving behind it. I have very good vision. Okay. I have binocular vision. And I'm staring at the, what is that? You know, and the more I looked at it, the more I realized, hmm, not a cow, not a deer, you know, not a peacock, what the hell, you know, and I got my camera, we had flip phones in those days, I had a Motorola, and I turned it on, and I walked up to the door, and I'm trying to take pictures of it, with this limited camera's ability, I got a few, okay, and then it stood up, it was hmm. crouching way down, it stood up to about eight feet, maybe a little taller, and I freaked out, because <laughs> it was a mantid, I mean, I was like, oh, Okay. And I dropped my camera. I yanked the door open and I ran down the stairs and went after it. I'm like, stop. You, you went after it. Oh, he yeah, didn't run the opposite way. I, <laughs> oh, no, I'm not afraid of anything. I wanted a converse, conversation with this dude. And it looked at me funny and it shot me a message and it just said, we are the watchers. We watch over you. And then it turned and it just started walking away. I just had surgery. I was not up to that little bit of exercise and I couldn't keep up with it so it walked away from me go Preston because he knows all about these guys he does yeah yeah there's another contactee in England who's very much like Dolly his name is Jason Andrews he's fully conscious he's not really gone public but his mother has and has written two books about her own experiences with her son and uh, he says the same thing he's met the mantids he says they're super intelligent they watch over everything. You might call them, I don't know, librarians. <laughs> um, they're just keeping track of everything. They're the go-to species for knowledge and information. They are the watchers. And this is something that goes way back in various cultures, that term. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and many people I've talked to who have seen the mantids describe how unbelievably intelligent they are. And it can be very scary for people to see them because they're quite tall, you know, eight, nine feet, upwards, mm-hmm. even 15 feet tall. Mm-hmm. And this can send people over the edge. Unfortunately, our society is so drenched in fear and people have been trained to fear. And there's a lot of people who are having a real hard time with this and interpret mm-hmm. this as, as a negative experience. It really isn't. Uh, yeah, the mantids are just one of many species and who are all cooperating together, grays, mantids, tall whites, little short blue humanoids. I mean, you name it. (laughs) They're all out there. They're all very much like us. And yeah, the mantids are really on top of things and Mm -hmm. sort of the guides, I guess you might call them. So, so the mantis and all these different, um, types of watchers et watchers they can they can they 
come in the form of owls or weird deer and can they come in other kind of forms or do they always come in this mantis like giant mantis forms all ets depending on your level of fear can give you a cover memory of what you're looking at so you're not terrified of them right away all of them in other words they can approach you looking like an owl and they can watch you for a few minutes and decide whether you're going to freak out if you see them or not or anything that you've either just seen or something that makes you feel comfortable they'll let you see them that way and then once they realize you can handle it then they'll go ahead and show themselves to you that's what that Mm. is Mm. so a mantis is a mantis is a mantis those dudes are (laughs) they're big (laughs) they're tall and they're extremely i mean i just he was so calm i mean all i got was total love and peace from him when i saw him i mean that's why i wasn't afraid of him i mean i made contact with him mentally right right away you know and uh, ooh, it was something. It was really, 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 really something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you never got that that feeling, like you know, when when people typically are around um, a person or in a situation where um, they just kind of get the, like a spidey sense that maybe they're in danger. You didn't get that feeling. No, not at all. Not okay. at all. Not at all at all. And okay, is no. Mama a mantis as well, or is no, Mama somebody Ma- else? Mama is a tall gray. I've known her my whole life. Uh, She was the first uh, being that I met, physically met on board a craft for the first time. And I don't know if you can see it or not, but that's Mama. Okay. She's got beautiful eyeshadow. Uh, Sort of, kind of. She's, uh, I did that coloring so that you could see that she has an actual lid in there. Oh, Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, But her eyes are literally, seriously blue green. Mm. major big eyes wraparound eyes she is um about six foot two she's a little over 800 years old she's still alive I still speak to her I see her and um she is my like my liaison she helps take care of me as I when first time I met her I was almost six years old I was very young and she's sort of been my liaison she's been my temporary mama when I'm with the ET she she coordinated everything for me she took care of me um when I'm not with her, she's doing somebody else already. Also, she's got several that she watches over and takes care of. Um, what are they watching over you for? Is it, I mean, what, what's the what's the goal of the watching? Because when I'm with them and I'm being educated and I'm going different places with them, she is my uh, she stays with me. In other words, she doesn't let me do anything alone. She makes sure that I'm guided. You know that I have somebody caring for me the whole way through. Uh, ETs are very loving parents. And if you're away from your real parent, they will take care of you and guard you just like a real parent would. And that's what she was for. Okay. Um, Have you ever heard of anyone um, or have ever had any situation where they just let you peruse and explore without them around, without the chaperone? I, I wasn't allowed to go free until I was about nine years old, eight, nine. And they considered me, they knew me well enough then. They knew I knew the rules. They knew I had my moral education from them going strong. And they knew that I knew how to be safe. And you're really not unsafe when you're with ET anyway. Everybody watches over you, everybody. Um, so I was let loose at that point. And I knew what my, what my uh, obligations were, you know, if I had to go to my quarters, if I had to go eat, that kind of thing. Mama did follow me around sometimes. Uh, but most of the time after that age, I was um, uh, strictly uh, self-guiding at that point. 
And what did you find when you were, you know, roaming freely? It just depended on where I was. Um, What's the top, the top experience? um, I was taken to their, one of their home worlds and it was a planet where I went to learn and I lived there for a couple of weeks at a time. And I went to school in a gigantic tree, (laughs) huge. Mm. Um, You know where uh, Devil's Tower is? Mm -hmm. That was a tree. I know. I know. It's like the root of the cut of a root. Yes, it's a stump. Now, Devil's Tower, um, because if you look at the comparison of Devil's Tower to the stump of a root, it looks exact. Why was it cut uh, from from your Uh, experience? Devil's Tower wasn't cut. It was destroyed during a cataclysm uh, a little over 12,000 years ago. Oh, the mega flood? Yeah, that's one of them. Yep. Uh Okay. Yeah. And what and what before it um it split from a cataclysm the mega flood twelve uh, or so thousand years ago, um. Where did it go? Like how high did it go? I mean, did it go hit the sun or how high did it go? Um, oh God! You know the Sears Tower, right? Yeah. Kind of at about I don't know, three or four hundred more feet to that, and that's how big they got. Oh, to the okay. top of the, Yeah, to the everything top. was bigger than. I mean, we had dragonflies that were four or five feet across. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. The yeah. Earth's gravity was lighter, and this allowed animals and plants right. to get be much that big. right bigger. Yeah, this was about sixty-eight million years ago that our mm-hmm. we had trees like that on our planet, and the dinosaurs were roaming and all kinds of stuff. Okay, sixty-eight million years ago. Okay, so from your experience, about twelve thousand and more years ago, everything was bigger including possibly humans and animals because the gravity was lighter and so it allowed things to be taller um, about well first thing that happened is 28 280 million years ago um mars used to be where we're at in the solar system and we were kind of like up opposite it in a different orbital plane so we never bashed into each other earth had less gravity and it had dinosaurs and animals like that mostly um, uh, that type of animal, big, big, big. Uh, Mars had a human population on it, like us, and uh, they were all fine until everybody realized that they had an incoming rogue planet that was dragging huge asteroids behind with it, and they all evacuated. They got everybody off the planet, and what happened is Mars got slammed into first, and uh, it blew off the entire outside of that planet. It just stripped it out. Um, Mars is much smaller than it was, and it's outgassing now. So it's still, you know, it's a dead planet. It has no core, no magnetosphere, nothing, no, no magnetic, nothing going on. It's dead, cold, dead. Um, Earth got hit as well, and it bulged the entire in- inside of our planet. We used to have a very homogeneous uh, inside, you know, core, uh, but it bulged it out. We had ma- we have magma bulges that are quite significant because of it, and we tilt somewhat. Okay, and we wobble because of the tilt. Uh, it kind of helped contribute to our seasons, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. It made them more significant and it pushed us out of the orbit we were in into the same orbit that Mars originally occupied. We had way more gravity. Uh, this caused a mass extinction of animals. Uh, the dinosaurs died. I mean, there was a lot going on with that major cataclysmic event back then. Uh, we've our planet has now got, because of all this that happened to it, uh, has cycles 
every 12,000 years where our planet goes through a magnetic pole change. The sun does this naturally. All the planets always change their poles. But for us, it's quite dramatic because we're in a wobble. We got, we got bulging mag, you know, magma down there and we just don't take this pole change really, really well. It puts it at a disadvantage because our magnetosphere is going down at the same time the poles are excursioning. The sun's heating up and it's just a mess. And it's every 12,000 years. There's a 6,000 year cycle. There's a whole bunch, but these two are the most significant. Um, what we're going through right now is the end of a 12,000 year cycle. There have been multiple cycles before, before us. There have been many different civilizations on this planet, iterations of human beings coming and going here because of that. And ET plays a role in taking us off when the time is right to get us out of here. Okay. Uh, so um, real, real quick, because um, I know people want to know, what's the difference between and an AI, is there AI gray yes. or the short grays and yeah. a tall organic gray alien? What's the okay. difference? The AI grays are manufactured. They're made. They're a biological AI and they're about two feet tall. And all the ATs, uh, ETs use them as workers because gamma radiation in space is just as bad as anything you can imagine. And it's hard on them to be out in space all the time. They prefer to be on a planet that has a working magnetosphere on it to protect them, like it protects us, especially. Mm -hmm. um, so they do all the hard grunt work for them. They're the workers for them. They're autonomous, intelligent, somewhat biological workers who can take that kind of radiation and it not hurt them. Okay. Uh, they drink a drink that helps them biologically. In other words, it keeps their biologics functioning, but it has high doses of iodine in it. Okay, iodine kind of mm -hmm. reduces gamma radiation and it helps their biological components stay healthy while they're going through all this. So they take massive doses of iodine all the time. Uh, when they're not working, you can stack them like cordwood. They you just pack them in, you know, they're mm. turned on and off. So. Well, well, let, let me ask you this. Um, the AI grays, how do they make them organic AI? Do they make them through some kind of inoculation that has... no microscopic no. nanoparticles or no, I mean no. what's the AI aspect of it I mean oh, can you explain okay. that okay I want you to think uh about there's a lot of information okay let me start with this there's so much disinformation on this planet right now that you just told me how bad it is by what you just said okay y'all don't know enough to know what's right and what's wrong about what's really going on Okay. And AI is a manufactured entity. In other words, they grow the bone, they grow the tissue, they grow in a laboratory. Okay. Then they, the brain itself is uh, somewhat component made, but there's a biological uh, component to it as well. This is technology that is so advanced. I couldn't explain it to you if I tried. Okay. It's a biological AI component driven entity. It's not conscious at all. It has no consciousness whatsoever. It is programmed. Its programming is so sophisticated that at some point it can teach itself what it needs to know. It learns, but it will never be conscious ever. Never. Okay. No, it, it, it's not self conscious at all. No. It you has know, no soul. Not at all. It has no soul. Okay. 
Well, then let me ask you this about the um, the short AI grades. Is this the reason why some sometimes um, the uh, the alien abduction stories they'll find themselves wearing somebody else's clothes upside down, or the guy wearing the the uh, a shirt that's completely outdated from you know? Is this why they get the clothes all mixed up? Uh, when you thinking? come and they take your clothes, they put them into like it's not a pile. Some people describe it as a pile. It's not. They just throw them into like a big basket, okay, in there. And they're all in there. And if you get a craft that's got about 20 humans on it, everybody's clothes gets thrown in there, male or female, okay? They know the difference between us because they are male and female as well. And they just grab whatever's handy. Just do it, put it, put it on them. Looks like it fits, okay, here you go. They don't, they don't think about the fact that those are yours, okay? And if you destroy your clothes in fighting them or getting sick, that happened to me once. That's how I woke up when I became conscious the first time. I didn't have my clothes on. It's because I ruined the ones I was wearing. Okay. I mean, totally. They they got rid of them. They were gross. I had thrown up all over myself. Mm-hmm. They don't keep that. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. It's too germy for them. No. <laughs> so I actually got to wear somebody else's clothes that day. Um, how that other person fared, I have no clue. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I have no clue. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> Well, wouldn't like like you have those abduction stories where they don't have any recall memory um, of what happened in the in those missing time, but then it's like, what? Why? What is this I'm wearing? Or where is my clothes? Or where is my pants? Or you know, so like, it wouldn't it make sense? Yeah, wouldn't it, it make didn't... sense to put them in the same one that they got picked up in, so that there won't be any kind of clue that something's off? No, they don't think about that at all. They're they're on a time schedule when they're here, they're linear with us. They're in the same time zone and they got to get it done. And the AI grace aren't thinking about style, fashion, or whatever. It's a tool to them. And you've got a clothing as a tool and they just put it on you. They don't care. Um, I want to, I want to clear something up. Yes. Uh, no human is abducted. You are contacted. Uh, the reason you are contacted is this, and it's very easy to understand. Uh, we're going through a time for 80 years now, our magnetosphere has gone down and we are having heavier and heavier and heavier amounts of gamma radiation hitting us, okay? This is causing all kinds of problems for us physically and mentally. We have more cancer, we have more autoimmune disorders, autism, heart problems, mental disorders. If you've noticed history that it's just gone, it's mag, mag, uh, magnifying tremendously among our genomes. That's because gamma radiation unravels your DNA. And the reason you're contacted is that they're working on that with you. They're keeping us as healthy as they, we can, they can. Uh, they can't stop your karma, okay? They know when your karma is affecting you and they know when to let go. But they are literally, every human being on this planet has been contacted. Some, some people don't remember it at all. About 40% remember, 40%, okay? But- yeah, everybody's contacted. You are not abducted and you agree to it. Uh, they tell you what's going on when you get there. They walk you through the process. They allow you to remember if you want to remember. If you don't, no problem. They'll let you have the cover memory because you've mm-hmm. agreed to it, okay? That's the only reason. Mm. Yeah. Um, quick question about, because you, you were mentioning autism. Um, when When you look at medical research, and the autism rate in certain countries versus other countries, certain continents versus other continents. 
Um, it, it seems like the United States and North America has a higher percentage of these kinds of because cases. We're in, we're in direct contact with the sun. Uh, okay. We're so right we're, in the well, middle. We're in the most of the, the signs. Sun that we're hits us the, the most gamma radiation coming in through our magnetosphere would focalize on us. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yes. Well, that, okay. would, that, that makes sense. Yes, Preston? Um, no, t- go ahead. <laughs> oh, I thought you had... Oh. Uh, so okay, so that that's that's good to know. And then just just um these these short AI grays, the worker bees, um, yeah. are they treated with compassion and kindness, or are they just kind of you just a laborer? You learn to love them. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I I I love every one of them. If they're okay. on, they're my buddy. Okay. I okay. have no. I make no mental distinction between them at all. Uh, they're doing something for me, and I appreciate the heck out of that. Whether they're programmed, they still have uh, the ability to learn. And if I give them bad sour grapes or negative energy, they're going to learn that. And I don't want that to happen. Compassion is always best. It doesn't matter what you are, who you are, or why you are. Compassion rules. That is the name of the game, period, the end. Love okay. And okay. All right. Very, very, very good. Well, that's, that's good that there's some, I don't know, quote, quote, humanity uh, in the treatment of, um, of these these created beings so let's let's talk about the the buddhist folklore of lemuria because you brought up the twelve thousand years ago there was a mega incident uh, a cataclysm right. i say the mega flood um and there's right. many but but uh in buddhist folklore it's and this is on a different book project that i have yet to, yeah. to go into um but in buddhist folklore Almost everybody in Buddhism knows the ancient folklores and the ancient folklore goes like this. And I want to compare it to your experience as an a, uh, abductee. I'm, a, um, I'm, I'm actually a hybrid. So yes. Okay. Okay. I'm we'll talk about, okay. We'll talk about that too. Okay. Um, but so the Buddhist folklore goes like this. Um, and about 12 or so thousand years ago, there was a mega flood that hit the earth. And at the time, there was a very advanced supernatural um, civilization in the Pacific Ocean that pretty much encompasses most of the Asia oceans. Right. And it's yeah. called Lemuria or Mu. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. And, um, and, and there's also a sister civilization called Atlantis. But the Buddhist folklore mostly focuses on their region of the world. But anyways, um, Lemuria. And uh, the Lemurian civilization lasted a long time. And they, um, the inhabitants are not from Earth. They are from different planet systems. It's almost Correct. like an intergalactic civilization of highly advanced, high spiritual, supernatural humanoids. That came right. in and started the civilization, and right. they lived for a very, very long time. They're very, um, they're very advanced and technological, but you couldn't tell because everything is all worked into nature. It's worked in right. the technology is exactly. worked in, so right. it looks yeah. very organic and just you know, yeah. very beautiful. Um, so like the Vamanas, but like on steroids, that culture, yeah. Yeah. and a lot of the folklore art is of levitating cities and all these, you know, just eclectic artwork. But 
if you go into the Brahmin stories and the ancient Hindu stories and the ancient Buddhist stories, they always go back to Lemira, Lemurian folklores. So from your experience of being a, um, a contactee, what do you want to say about that? Because I found in my research for my book, uh, Pyramids, Megaliths, and, um, uh, and Folklores of Asia, um, that 100%, when I go to tippy tops of every island in the Pacific Islands, there's always a pyramid or megalith, 100%. And that's just following the folklore. So that, that's a really good anecdotal in, indication that it is true. But from your experience, what do you want to say about those folklores? Okay. Every monolith on this planet, every pyramid, every temple are all constructed because ETs did all their different ethnicities, Lemuria being one of them, Lemurians, uh, lived on this planet and they worked with humans that were here. Okay, they were brought them here and they stayed with them, stayed with them here. Like in Babylon, they had the Anunnaki. Okay, in the Vimana, you know, Vimana or Vishnu, all those guys were in India. There are different points on this planet where they were living and working with humankind. Um, let me refocus here for a second. They all knew one another, they all communicated with one another, everybody was psychic. Okay, there was no written language yet. Okay, and their technology was paramount here. They knew what was coming because before, many times before, we had the same issues coming every 12,000 years. It's going to be a big deal, right? So they wanted to leave this group, us, a message that this is coming and they wanted to give us calculations. They wanted to give us the higher mathematics so that we would evolve and use it, use our abilities use mathematics. They wanted us to bring our technology up. They wanted to bring our morality up. They wanted us to evolve, consciously evolve and become very, very wise. Okay. Um, so they developed a strategy and the strategy is this 144. Okay. is a big number. And if you look at the degrees between each one of those temples, even the pyramids, it draws a line around the planet. And that line is where our old equator used to be, where they were at. They drew a line on their own equator. They used star ability. They used calculations. That's why they had observatories, because they to the second, to the most pinpoint that they could do. All the ETs and all the humans that were here constructed this. Each each generation of them, each civilization of them. It took a lot of time, but it got done because they knew in 12,000 years, we were going to be looking at stuff. And this was a direct informational note to all of us. The pyramids direct you to where the grays are from. The grays are from the Orion belt, okay? They're from that cluster, okay? Lemurians are not. They're from another point in the sky. And all their temples point in the direction of that. All their calculations in the south seas all of those islands point toward that and you're not told this and what do they point toward do they point toward like let me guess a point of origin where limeria is in the skies and and what planet or universe do you know universe encompasses everything every Mm -hmm. galaxy that exists is in the universe okay but it's in our galaxy we all come from this galaxy okay uh 
you can uh, go to other galaxies that the ETs can, they have the technology to do that, they can. But here's where we're all pretty much from. This is our family group, our familiar groups, okay? Uh, we ethnicity out differently. You know, we got ethnicities on this planet. Um, seriously, ethnicities, but we are all human beings. We are the human genotype. Trust, it is absolutely true that our entire universe is, is all got the human genotype. We all have DNA. Our DNA is uh, identical to one another. We just have different ethnicities. We look different. You're even related to the animals on this planet. You're related to the plants and the flora and the fauna, all of it. We coexist with one another, okay? That's why they live naturally. That's why ETs have always lived naturally. Where I went was a planet full of trees, was a planet full of beauty and stuff. Did they live in high rises with glass and plastic? No, they live naturally. That's why I went to school in a tree, okay? They, they were natural, ecology-minded, resourcing, doing everything according to the way nature demands it. We're in a physical universe that has rules and they obey those rules. Because if you don't, this is what happens, what we're doing right now, okay? We're, we're in a place that's run amok. We have not fulfilled our destiny here, okay? And ETs cannot intervene directly from that. They are autonomous beings. They believe in that. We are autonomous. We were given the right to be our own free agents. We created our problems. We must solve them or pay the consequences. Okay, that's the way things work. We have an unforgiving physical universe here. And that's how you learn. If you do something stupid, you're going to learn from it. If you do it right, you're going to learn from it, but you still learn. In source, you can't learn that way. Everybody knows everything in source. Everything's handed to you. And we all know if you spoil your child, he gets rotten, okay? And he doesn't learn anything and he turns on you. That's why we're here to take hard lumps, to learn the hard way, to employ, embody our wisdom and our knowledge so that we don't live in the third um, dimension anymore. You can raise your consciousness up to the point that you can walk past it and go into the fourth, the fifth, the sixth. It takes mm -hmm. time to do that. That's why you're born over and over and over again. This body is nothing. It's it's just the vessel that you live in while you're here in this iteration of your life. Okay. So that's how it works. That's yeah. what they did. They left us clear messages and you were denied access to that. Literally. So let, so let me ask you this. Um, 2012, was that the end of the 12, the beginning of a new 12,000 cycle? Um, that was the Mayan uh, calendar. And it was a clear uh, message that we had stuff coming. They weren't going to give you any more history after that because they knew it was time for you to put everything down and get ready for what was about to come. That was their quote unquote message to humanity. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not giving you any more time. It's over. You need to start preparing for what's about to happen to you. Exactly. Okay. So in Mayan is 2012, in Buddhism is 2,555 Buddhist era. Yeah. Buddhist era yeah. so um that because we start from the not the Gregorian but we start from the year of the Buddha right. um and so in 2555 which is 555 year it's a year of changes is a new beginning for a new cycle of humanity right. so um what do what does your experience as a um contactee say about this new cycle that we're entering into um, it is time for us to leave this planet. It is time for us to 
uh, wake up, it is time for us to, to uh, catch up with what we were supposed to be doing in the first place. It's time for us to raise our consciousness, awaken. If we do not awaken, you don't go and you will uh, karmically go somewhere else and start over again, period. This planet is not going to regenerate. This planet is going to go through a cataclysm that is unbelievably hard. And they're still trying to figure out if they're going to bring anybody back here anyway, because we have an entire galaxy headed straight for us. We're already plasmically touching and the time frame is too tight now. And they just don't think they want to put up with it. Andromeda will be here in 2 million years, 2.4 million years to be exact. Okay. And that's not a lot of time. <laughs> Cosmically, that's not a lot of time on the timeline. That's really pretty short to raise up another civilization of humans who've come back after this planet gets to be habitable again. And that'll be a long time from now. It's eaten up time doing that. So okay. they'll probably take you somewhere that it'll be a permanent change. That's the new reparation. That's the new horizons that you're looking for. But you're not going unless you do this first. That's what's required of you. You don't get anything for free in this world or this universe at all. You have to prepare. That's what I mean by preparing. Raise your consciousness, wake up, learn the truth. Start when you're psychic, wide open psychic, you know the answers to everything because you hear the universe talking to you. You can communicate with ET openly. All the truth will come at you at that point. You don't need anybody else to educate you. You educate yourself. Now, this is one of the main ET messages. They really are focusing on people who have psychic abilities because they are trying to raise this in all of humanity. And when I say psychic abilities, I mean natural human abilities. And it's no coincidence that they speak telepathically and why contactees come back, you know, with telepathic abilities, because this is something that they've used, been introduced to, shown. And this is why people who have are, you know, regular contact experience things like being able to see spirits, astral travel, healing abilities, precognition, telekinesis, levitation. These are all things that they are trying to wake us up to, which will free us from, you know, the bondage of greed and corruption and all of the negativity that's on our planet. So there's this, um, there's, there is a, a debate on what what is an awakening. Because some people think an awakening is supporting this political group or this spe- spe- specific public figure or being it, open to this specific psyop. But, you know, I mean, can you it's, just... It's smoke and mirrors by the wrong people. They're the ones who are lying to you because their agenda is very, very specific. For the last 80 years... The 1% of this world they, who considers themselves the elite want to try to survive what's coming. They think they can. That's why they've back engineered all the technology they've gotten their hands on. That's why they've dug bases underground. That's why they've got seed depositories everywhere. That's why they are preparing to take on the CME in that way. Uh, and we're expendable because we won't make it easy for them to do it when it happens. We'll probably fight them for their space and they don't want us here for that. They're going to take us out if they can. And they are. It's already begun. And how has it begun? Oh, I don't know. World famine, starvation, no power, disease. I mean, take your pick. The list is long and distinguished. And if you think this is all coincidental, you're wrong. It's absolutely engineered, all of it. 
Right. So everything the last two years has been completely engineered and fabricated. It's been for the last 50 years. Let's 50 talk years. about pollution. Let's mm-hmm. talk about uh, farming that's gone crazy and not done right. Let's talk about uh, food supply. How many factories have burnt to the ground in this country? Mm-hmm. Okay. How, how, uh, why do you think they, they <laughs> why do you think there's a war going on between Russia and, and uh, that's the breadbasket of the world? All the nitrates that feed our farm crops, all the wheat is produced there, okay? This is not a joke. It's not has nothing to do with power, energy, global warming, or anything. Those are all lies constructed to keep you on their boat ride while they go do what they're doing, and that is eliminate you. I'm sorry, but that's the cold truth, okay? And and that and 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 being being open minded to see the psyops. That's an awakening. uh, uh, No, see, that's okay. In in a way, when you're able to let go of the psyops, let it go. Mm. Buddha was teaching you something for a reason. Okay. Quit noticing everything else that's going on around you and deal with yourself. Okay. You heal yourself. You open your mind. You develop your own abilities. You do it. Buddha was, that's his number one message, period. You know that. Okay. Quit paying attention to all the negative coming in on you because you can't develop. You can't become wise. You can't mm-hmm. expand your consciousness at all. You can't get out of here that way. Stop. Literally. That's what each wants. Okay. So then it goes. So, so now the, you see the truth for what it is. And again, it is overwhelming. How no, do you navigate? How do you navigate through it? It won't be okay. No, you're overwhelmed now. You've got all the anxiety, fear, all mm-hmm. of it. What happened when you do it is you will become very clear. You'll become very calm. You will actually mm-hmm. be so. Uh, what's the word? If you need convincing, this is what's going to do it. If you need a clear understanding of the path that you really need to be walking down, you can do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's no more anything going on with you because a you realize you're an eternal being. B, you realize this body is not a big deal. You're going to go on no matter what happens here, okay? And C, you're offered an opportunity, okay? And you will clearly, calmly walk into it. You'll find peace. You'll find joy. You'll find understanding and knowledge. Those are the most important things. All this is nothing. It's transitory. You're here for a short amount of time to learn. Let it go, okay? Because I'll give you another way to understand it. You know what a pendulum is, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, it swings both ways and it has its almost its own momentum. And mm-hmm. at certain points in the pendulum, it's it's moving at such a speed you can't stop it. It's, and one side of the pendulum is all positive, thesis. Okay. The other side of the pendulum is all negative, antithesis. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right now, we are no longer in thesis. We're way into antithesis and we're mm-hmm. almost at the apex of it. There's no turning back. There are no more choices for you. Choose. Because if you don't choose, you will just recycle with everything else okay you have stopped being a mental slave to everything and everyone that lives here you take back your own karma you take back your own right to choose okay please it's so important okay okay so then so can you explain consciousness for people because people get this all twisted up as well so it's a matter of consciousness but how can you use your consciousness to exit okay. out of the reality that has? Okay. All right. We are all 
conscious entities. You are consciousness. Your body is not you, not at all. Your consciousness is actually you. I'm looking at you and I'm looking at your consciousness. I see your energy, so I see your aura, okay? Which is incredibly green at the moment, okay? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you got some orange in there too and some red, okay? Uh, our consciousness is alive. It is us. Each one of us has our own consciousness. We have our own body embodied will of mind. That's what your mind is. Not this thing that you're sitting in, not this physical piece of flesh, but your conscious mind. And your conscious mind lives in source. We're all together. We are all of us one. We are all, you are me, I am you, and we are all one. Okay. And we live in source. And source is literally the mind, the all mind of our universe. Okay. Mm -hmm. You want to call him God, Buddha, whoever. Okay. It's still the mind, the total mind of all of us. We can communicate back and forth. There's no, there's no distance between us. We're all together. When you come into the physical realm, you come here to learn. So you project out your astral mind from consciousness. Now, so you're operating conscious and source, but your astral body has left out of it and come to this body to exist. Your pineal gland is your telephone call from your physical flesh to your astral flesh, your consciousness. If your consciousness left your body, you would instantly die. It would be gone. Okay. You can OBE for a short time. As long as you're connected to your heart, that's where your silver cord is. Okay. But the minute that connection is broken, you you go on, you leave. Okay. You're anchored here. And until you choose to sever that anchor or your anchor, naturally this body flesh reaches the end of its existence. Your consciousness stays with you. It does all kinds of things. It is who you are. And the awakening is the realization of that being able to be in contact, your physical mind to your conscious mind, okay? Because your physical mind is just a computer. You've been programming it your whole life, mm -hmm. but it only knows what it's learned here. It doesn't know all this other stuff, okay? It doesn't know that you're eternal being. It doesn't know that you're uh, thinking for it and guiding it and running it. It doesn't know. Your pineal gland, when you wake up, when you have your awakening, that connection becomes complete. And all of a sudden you meld and your physical body can act directly from your consciousness. I, when I'm speaking to you, you're not speaking to my physical mind at all. You're speaking to my consciousness. I'm awake enough that I'm speaking to you astrally, okay? I hear what's going on. I see what's going on. And you can do it too. That's awakening. Yeah, it's just a process of letting go of fear, recognizing you're an eternal being through personal experience, and that you are an integral part of this universe. You're not separate from it. Right. Good, good. Um, very good. Now, here's another question about um, this, the, the ETs, that, that the guardians, the watchers, the caretakers. Okay. So um, have you met any bad ones? Are there bad ones? Like, No. Because there's that, there's that folklore of the reptilians as the they're bad from ones. Earth. They're from Earth. They were here with the dinosaurs. Okay. okay, they're from here. They're not. They're not extraterrestrial. Okay. So they're why? They're so terrestrial. If, so if the if so if the if the reptilians are from Earth, how come they didn't just um, become part of society, openly part because of society? Because they were evolving like we are. 
They were born here. They came in with the dinosaurs, okay? They are intelligent, emotional, conscious, like you are. They have a soul, entities, and they are evolving. And they were going through their evolution when this happened. They're still here. They survived it somehow. And they're living in a back well of negative vibes and misinformation. People, when they're in fear, make up stories you can't believe. Okay. Mm-hmm. You get a kid running and said, oh my God, I saw this and it was, it was trying to kill me and it has bad vibes. So you have e- some ET people saying, oh, they're part of the government. You know, people make up, they, mm, I don't even know how to describe this. Fear <laughs> distorts called, perception. Thank you. Perfect. Exactly. And we're good storytellers. Human beings are fantastic at it. And uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of mythology going on here. Yeah, it's like when people see a bear, they're like, it was 10 feet tall. No, it wasn't. It was five feet tall. So, so, so if there's nothing to hide and they're around, they're, they're natural, as natural as the humans, why don't they just in, integrate with human society openly? Because we would shoot them and kill them in six seconds. They bleed too. And they okay. don't have the same weapons we do. We're vicious. Well, killers every last one of us okay so so like so like in ancient days uh when humans were let's say trying to create the society from the mega flood or the catechisms 12,000 years ago they survived we survived we humans survived but we would they just were, hunt. We would hunt them because we didn't what like the way they, they were looked, able to or... escape us. They were able to hide from us. There weren't as many people on the planet. Uh, they had bigger areas to stay in and involve in without any interference from us. But we have overrun this planet like you wouldn't believe. We are connected. We have cameras everywhere. We are visually looking at everything all the time. Think about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. We have a neural net up there in satellites. They can see any point on this planet all the way through the oceans. It's scary for them, and they hide now from us. They don't want anything to do with us, and I don't blame them. They're trying to evolve, and we're not letting them, period. Now, um, have they tried uh, space travel to see if there's any other planets? No, they can't evolve like we have. They're way behind us. Oh, they are? Yeah, just like we're way behind ET. These are evolving young entities who haven't had a chance to come as far as we have they don't have the technology we have not at all they're natural like a sasquatch you know et brings them back and forth to this planet for a reason okay uh they kind of watch our our pollution levels they watch our forests they they let them know that we're effing this up now and doing that you know and they're just trying to live their lives too okay they report like the mantids are the watchers. Well, they're kind of the ecological watchers, okay? Mm. And poor reptilians are just trying to exist. They're trying to survive. And they're very, very resilient. Think about it. They survived, um, you know, another planet bashing into Mars and killing it and whopping this one, a good one. And they somehow survived when the dinosaurs did not, okay? It's mm. a serious situation with them. And they, humans lie about it because of the agenda that's going on here. They want you to be in fear of them. They use them like a puppet Mm. against our minds to make us think all these horrible things about them. They're just trying to exist. We have a hard time letting each other exist because we're in that environment. That's true. Well, what what does the um what what is the how does the the elites see them? Do they know of them? 
Yeah. And 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 yeah. and what's that relationship? Is there a relationship between those? They don't want them either. They don't <laughs> they, want me there. They would mm. slaughter them wholesale if they could. You darn tootin'. Okay. The elites of this planet want to survive no matter what. They're about as negative, low. Yeah, that's the alien threat right there. <laughs> Unfortunately, the alien and human threat. The alien and human threat. So, yeah. so let 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 me ask you this, um, because there in in Hollywood, there's a lot of people who really want to get into the galactic. You know, um, you understand that mod- they are the disinformation people, right? The Hollywood, yeah, trained actors who fulfill the wishes of the elite. They run that show. Period. The end. Everything you see coming out of Hollywood is dead up misinformation. Period. The end. Don't believe any of it. Let it go. That's so, not true. so how how would you um, how how could we openly have a society where we welcome in reptilians? Is that, is that even a possibility? No, you don't have time. You have two and a half years to get your stuff together before we have that CME. When we do, you're going back to the Flintstones. Our earth will be no electricity, nowhere. It will be the Flintstones. Our entire grid will go bye-bye. See ya. And you will be on survival mode only. That's the message. That's what the Incans were trying to tell you. The Mayans were trying to tell you. The Egyptians, everybody learn to survive and take care of yourself. And run yourself naturally so that you're already there when it happens. But we are living an artificial existence in plastic and junk and paper. And we've ripped our forest to shreds. We're lost most of the oxygen that we breathe. Uh, It's a nightmare because that negative influence has destroyed it on purpose. Because it's trying to figure out how it's going to survive, which I find, I'm being honest with you here. I find it phantasmagorical that anybody could think that way you know believe that negative bs okay it's just crazy you know Mm. they believe themselves they believe that they are in control and they don't want to lose it control is a mighty master and it is one that will eat you alive it is the worst lesson you can learn worst and they're going for it so for okay so when usually when cataclysm happens in in uh, history when cataclysm happens and people are in dire straits trying to figure out how they can work together and survive through um, catastrophe, they don't really care where the help comes from, even if it comes from some weird looking beings or cultures or whatever. There's always been those history stories of like the the um, like the, the tall ant people helping people go into the the underground caves to survive and you know there's all these folklores so um are we do you see that being a a repeat there is no turning back from this cataclysm every twelve thousand years our planet is literally sent to the point that you can't live here anymore that you will die and uh help it just depends on what uh, prescription of help you're talking about the help that et is talking about is waking up using your mind, open your heart, learn to love, learn to care for one another, truly care for one another, help each other live through it. So when they come to get you, that you're ready to go. That's the point. The help is going to come from you and me and Preston and everybody else within the sound of my voice wants to wake up and help each other. It cannot be dog eat dog. It cannot be man attack man. It cannot be one against the other to eat. 
you have to work this out. And the only way to do that is to become conscious enough to understand why and let it take, take you through it, okay? Love conquers all. Love teaches. Love guides. Love is everything, okay? ET is not physically here right now. They cannot help us right now. The, our magnetosphere is so far down that they cannot ride the magnetic field lines of this planet. They crash. They've already had enough of them. They're done. They will mm-hmm. wait until after that CME before they come back, period. We are on our own, and this is go time. It's either do or die. Take your pick. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. make up your mind what you want to do. Now, there, go ahead, Preston. It's good news. I know this yeah. sounds like a lot, but this yeah. is really good news because we don't have to live the way we're living. Right. Life is not supposed to be hard. We're right. not supposed to have to work every second just for someone else to eat. No, this is okay. not what life is about. We're supposed to be here and having fun and experiencing and loving and living in compassion. Okay. And that's what we're going to be moving towards. We have reached yeah. a tipping point where this is no longer sustainable. And again, there's no such thing as death. That's a very important thing that people need to know because right. we're living in so much fear. And the right. main fear is fear of death. And it doesn't mm-hmm. exist. Right. It's a wonderful thing, yeah. actually. It's a very healing event. You can go to the other side and come back if you want. No worries. It's right. fine. We'll all be just fine. And we're going to move into an age of peace and prosperity and love. So it's great news. While it's happening. That's right. And While we'll go happening. someplace. I will tell you this. You don't realize it because they don't want you to know it. There are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people on this planet right now who are ready for it to happen, who are preparing for it to happen, who would welcome you in if you showed them you were ready for it to happen also, okay? That's why you need to wake up. Those of you who are on the verge of it need to go over to it. You need to open your eyes and see where they're at. You need to flock to them, join with them, create your own group, create Mm -hmm. your own community of, of that, okay? That's what's going to help you right so self so so self-sustaining off-grid type of communities right so that you can um so that if the if and when according to your your sources information from the ets that you have have had contact with your whole life if and when it happens when there is no more internet there's no more game boy there's no more whatever um and the the grid completely goes down the the distribution networks yeah. um, go down that you can still be sustained sustain right. you can still be living sustainably yeah. in your so the kind of like hubs of communities right and, and I'm going to give uh, you a resource here that you need you need to look up okay uh, there is information out here that backs everything I say to you 100 uh, percent there are scientists out here who are talking about the truth. Uh, the government's about to shut them down. So you need to do it soon. I mean, like tonight, you mm. go on the internet, you get on YouTube and write this down. It's he's called suspicious observers. And mm. he will give you all the absolute scientific factual things that are going on that back up everything I'm telling you. He is mm. a scientist. There are hundreds of scientists all over this planet who are crying out to the people. Listen to me. Listen to what I'm saying. The government tries to make them look like they're insane when it's the government's not insane. Look them up, listen to it, and then start getting a few resources on your own. It's important for you not to take everything I tell you for rote, okay? You need to back this information up yourself. You need to employ it for yourself. You need to realize that it's actually true. And the only way to do that is to research it yourself. Open up, use your mind, figure it out, okay? Mm -hmm. And you can. Very good. 
Um, so I, I don't want to like scare people here, you know, <laughs> I don't want to yeah. kind of scare you. I have given you guys information. What you do with the information is totally a life lesson. Exactly. And it just depends on what life lesson you want to learn. You're making yeah. a very good point here. It's not about being afraid. That's exactly what Preston's telling you. This is not about being afraid. This is about taking control of who you are, what you are and why you are and working through it and developing the ability to see yes, no, maybe. What is, what, what is this? There is no fear in knowledge, none. There's no fear in wisdom, none. Okay, but there is fear in blind panic. There is fear in not knowing and being anxious and upset. It's like a two-year-old screaming, oh my God, what's going on? Grow up, okay? It's time to figure it out. It's important. Yes, welcome to earth. It's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be an adventure. You'll love you like, it. But... <laughs> yeah, you like roller coasters. Let's go, you know? Woo-hoo. Well, let's talk about the children. So the hybrid children. Can you talk about the hybrid children? I mean, because in the yes. book, you talked about some of your unexplained pregnancies. Um, um, they weren't unexplained. I knew exactly what was happening to me. Okay. I gave full consent and permission. I have three children. Uh, the first one I had almost by the time I was 18 years old was a boy. I named him Lloyd. Uh, Lloyd actually came and helped me once. Uh, it broke my elbow really bad taking care of my brother. And uh, I needed help. I mean, I had to keep taking care of my brother. Now I was all banged up with a black eye and, and a broken elbow. And mm-hmm. he, uh, he healed it for me on the spot. I have another son that I had when I was in my uh, 20s, late 20s. And uh, I had my last one when I was 58 years old. That one's documented, actually. I have proof of that one. I gave it to Preston. I was 58 years old and I got pregnant. And uh, it's a girl and I named her Sophia. So I have Mm -hmm. Lloyd, Alexander, and Sophia. Those are the names of my children. Uh, I've not seen uh, Alexander or Sophia. Um, I've mentally connected somewhat or I've had information come to me even recently about Alexander and Sophia is on the periphery of my knowledge. I have to focus on what I'm doing now. And if I get involved with that, I'm not going to focus. So I'm doing what I have to do. It's important. I'm, you know, every parent has to protect their children and this is my way of doing that. But yes, I have hybrid children. Uh, Sophia probably is more human than the other two. The other two couldn't live here. They don't look 100% 100% so, like Sophia, does Sophia live amongst the humans like you no, and I? She's, she, no. no, she's with ET, right? She's Mama with ET. C- keeps uh, control of her. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's 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 go into the spiritual nature of all this because um we live in a holographic universe. No, ma'am. No. Okay. So this can is you explain real. that this this is not a hologram. A hologram is fake, it's unreal. Okay. Everybody's convinced that a hologram is real. I defy you to walk up to a hologram and stick your hand in it and make it react to you. You cannot. Mm-hmm. It's dead. It doesn't exist. Okay. It's a photo. It's an image. Images are not real. What is real in this universe is something tangible that actually has energy of its own, an, mm-hmm. its own consciousness or the construct of the universe, the physical part of the universe. If I pick a rock up, it's not a hologram. Trust me, if I hit you with it, you're going to feel it. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. You can't pick up a rock hologram and pelt somebody with it. Doesn't work. You are in a physical existence, period, the end. I, I get real upset when I hear people say that because it's not true. It is a lie. It does not exist. That well, You've think, been programmed with I that. I think what people are probably using the wrong term, but there's a holographic nature to the universe and that one piece of it sort of has all the answers to all of it. 
You know how a hologram, you can crack oh. it in half and it still has the whole picture? Yeah. Okay, yeah. it's information. Okay, all right, I get what you're saying. Every single cell and every single living entity upon this earth, including the cells of inanimate objects, hold information. It's a giant mind. It's a giant computer that every single part of it, including all the way through your DNA, every single particle holds memory. Okay. That's why the universe is chatty all the time. It hears everything. It knows everything. Everything is connected. Uh, once again, I am you, you are me, and we are one. Everything in this universe is one. We all feel and touch one another. The spirituality involved in this is pure and easy to follow. If it's in the universe, it's spiritual because it's alive. It's a mind of its own. It, it's a connected part of memory. It's not the consciousness of mind, but it is the memory of mind. Does that make sense to you? Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So then, so then the next question with that, um, from your perspective, uh, what are your thoughts on parallel realities? What That's about the Mandela effect then? Mm -hmm. the yeah, Mandela explain so like, like people, like people who say that they recall, um, you know, the, the popular one, Ed McMahon delivering the prize checks, whereas in this reality, he never has, but everybody remembers seeing and experiencing that reality. Right. Okay. Now here's the other thing. Here's the, this is the big picture. And this is the one that drives everybody crazy when they think about it. Do you think we're the only universe in existence? Oh, no, I, I know not. Okay. Our universe is not the only universe. We have parallel universes. They're all around us, okay? And each one of those universes, your consciousness can travel to. Right now from source, you've traveled to this universe. But when you're done with this one, you can go to that one. Funny thing, you can actually be in more than one universe at a time, okay? And every now and then you'll connect to it and you'll see what's going on over there and go, what, what, what? What? So those, those are parallel realities then? It's not, not every universe has the same reality as this one. This one right. Has, okay. In other but words, there, but there, there, there are different experiences that our consciousness can experience this version. Right. And right. then maybe our consciousness right. will travel right. and experience this version. Right. And maybe we'll change and transfer to right. this version. Right. So there are different experiences of in reality in parallel universes yes in, so there are parallel universes we're getting yeah. caught up in terms okay. but i'm gonna blow your mind now okay yes please. you're here you're here to learn certain things you're here to learn morality you're here to experience gravity heavy weight here you're you learn the difference between pain and pleasure you're here to learn very basic things okay this is the beginning of your existence for all eternity, okay? This is the first depot universe that you come to. Uh, what comes after this one, where I'm heading to, I promise you, I'm not staying here, is the next thing, the next stage of learning. It's higher learning, it's still you. You're still, you're going over there and things are a lot the same. The constructs can be same, but the lessons are different because as you elevate your consciousness, the lessons have to be different. You learn more and more and more. Do you think ET is doing that? Oh, yes, they are. And they're capable of understanding that as well on a level that we can't come close to yet. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So then the question is, we have established from your contactee experience that there are multiple universes existing at the same time. So 
You can right. call them multiple, various versions of these experiences of your lives. Different karmic stations. How's that? Yeah, yeah. sure. Okay. Different karmic Levels stations. Levels of so, education. Okay. Okay. So um, if you have evolved and raised your consciousness and let's say you no longer need this version of reality in, with right. the lessons that are available in this reality. Yeah. Do you go to a different version or a different universe? Not right away. Okay. Now here, it has, here that it has like different lessons and no longer the elementary lessons. So, okay. Well, here's where the spirituality really gets fun. Okay. When you cast off this body, you're going back to source. That is a realm that is outside every single universe there is. It's in the mind of everything. Okay. And in that realm are different levels of the realm, different, uh, let's call them debrief. You go there Mm -hmm. and you go over what you just did. You decide where you're going next, whether you've reached that level or not. It's a place for you to play. It's a place for you to meet and greet loved ones. It's a depot. Okay. Mm -hmm. Of mind. Okay. That's where you go. And that's where the decision is where you're going next. You never, ever go from one universe to another. You always go back to source and you always go over it. You think about it. You do whatever it is you want to do. And then you make the decision and the universe itself, the all mind, actually, the universal mind of all the universes. Yeah. The Buddhists are called the universal one mind. Right. The universal one mind of everything helps you make that decision where you're going next, whether you're ready for it or not. That's okay. what's happening. So that's is that happening in an instinct? That's happening in an instant, in like a thought of light? Okay. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this. Okay. Can people who have awakened uh, re- working on raising and raising their consciousness and their energy field and their frequency, can yes. they blimp in an, a, a moment of instant to another version of the... No. No, but you will go universe. to the realms. You will go to source. You can go play in source. You can out of body, OBE, into source and actually communicate with everybody there. Look at what's going on. Receive information, download from the all mind and do whatever it is you need to do. You have that ability 24-7, 365 while you're here. You can do it anytime. Okay, so with the cataclysm that you, uh, that you say is going to happen in the next couple of years and everybody's going to have to learn to be self-sufficient. So you be your own doctor in your community and you be your own ecosystem, your own community ecosystem. So any, so those people who are going to be able to survive and be happy without the high tech modern society. Um, So anyways, can you raise your consciousness to the point that you go to source and then come back to that point like you you come to that version of reality or like no No, okay no you you have a physical uh karmic cycle right here okay and you must complete this cycle one way or the other it's up to you which way that cycle is going to go if you decide to leave your body and go back to source to decide where you're going next you're fully welcome to do so okay you can there's a way without committing suicide without committing violence on yourself you can just walk out of your body and people have done it, okay? But karma doesn't really smile upon that. It wants you to finish your job. And it'll have mm-hmm. a tendency to send you right back to where you were in another body to repeat that situation over till you learn not to do that again, okay? There is a lesson in everything. Everything has a lesson. Never forget that. 
So what's going to happen is once we get past the CME, once our, and you're still alive and you've made it through and you're hanging in there, ET will show back up because our magnetosphere is going to come back up. It'll become safe for them to fly here again. And they will land everywhere all over this planet at one time. They will open the doors and say, come on, little children, let's go. And you will go. Those who don't want to go, those who want to stay here, will be finishing a karmic cycle that they've decided to go through. And that would be to go through the biggest cataclysm there. Mm, Some people will choose that. Some. Hmm. Um, and, that's in, and, and that's individual choice. Um, let me yeah. ask you this. I, I, know, I know people are going to ask. Have you heard of... Uh, some people say that the changeover will be there's going to be an old earth and a no. new earth no no okay no. can you explain that from your experience you're going to go from this earth to another planet in other words and it's like earth but it's not a new earth it's just another planet in the universe okay and they've already you know they already know where you're going they already know what you're going to need and your basic stuff will be set up so that when you get there, you can work with what you got and build from there. That's it. It is not a new earth. It is just another planet. That's what in, that is. In essence, it's the same thing. Because from Dolly's experience, other planets, yeah. this is why we are, call the book symmetry. Okay. They're all the same. Li- yeah, life is the same throughout the universe. Many people are getting this message. And I think just assuming, well, this could still be earth. Uh, it's another planet. Right. It's another planet. And if, and if it's only us on that planet, you can call it anything you want. <laughs> you can make it earth if you want to that's up to you you know okay so this 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 all other existence is not existing in another universe parallel version of no, earth you're in this universe and you're doing the lessons in here and once we finished all that you personally will get to decide when it's time for you to move out and go somewhere else okay okay but your your core consciousness who you are is in source at all times Mm-hmm. You're just astrally projected out here, okay? You simultaneously exist everywhere at all times, but your consciousness is only locked in here. It's a physical lock-in. You can't see it unless you open up your mind and use your abilities. Then you can go to source and you can go to the Akashic Library. You can sit down mm-hmm. anywhere you want and have a talk with the online and say, okay, hey, let's convert. And it'll talk to you. It'll tell you. Okay. So it's a very re- realistic um video game so okay so let's kind of sort of okay so you've covered some of this um in the secret schools and on board the ships of the different things that they taught you like levitation kinetic abilities you know etc etc no they didn't teach me that that's my ability i did oh okay so what did they teach you at the secret schools and in the starships i learned morality i learned uh uh how to function as a person. I learned uh, mathematics. Uh, I learned geometry. I learned physics. I learned uh, quantum physics. I learned about ecology. I learned about nature. I learned about biology, zoology. I learned about, uh, well, nursing, I mostly learned here, but there's a certain amount of nursing that they taught me there. Medicine, Mm -hmm. how to heal, that kind of thing. If it's anything that I wanted to learn, I learned. Okay. Okay. Specifically. So in these starships, um, can you explain, uh, did you leave the atmosphere? Did you leave the planet? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Did you look, you left earth. Okay. So what does the earth look like? A big blue ball. And from very where 
I mean, we're talking light years away from this planet. When you look back at it, it's still blue. It's a big blue dot or a little well, blue dot. That's but why it's, it's very the, blue. That's why it's the blue jewel. Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. It so it shines blue. Literally shines blue. Okay. What? Uh, so so it's round. Yes. Okay. So Not alien. Yet. Okay. So alien contactees confirm from their their experience. Have you had a lie detector test? Has anybody kind of put you on a lie detector test to to see? Um. At this point, I wouldn't do it for two reasons. I'm not a clown and I'm not somebody who's going to be put up uh, to be probed and mm. uh, that's uh, morally wrong of people to do to me. You mm. either believe me or you don't. Take your pick. You can research what I've taught you and teach yourself. Not my job to prove to you who I am, but it is my job to tell you the truth. And I try to do that. Now, while Preston was uh, vetting me, okay, the last five years, I let him have. He's access. a good veteran. He's a good veteran, by the yes. way. <laughs> I've given him incredible access to me. In other words, he knows that I am psychic. I've proved it to him. He knows that I can do what I say I can do. He's seen medical reports on me. Um, he's seen my craft. Uh, Talata came uh, shown to him. He is experiencing his own awakening. Very, very into it, and he's in, on his journey as well. So he knows what I tell him is true. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I, I would like to speak to that, actually, because okay. I've talked to a lot of contactees and many of them are very reluctant to come forward and they're not coming forward to convince people, particularly skeptics. That is not what it's about. It is to provide help to others who are going through this experience. Mm -hmm. There is enough information in the public arena right now to prove this phenomena conclusively. Correct. Skeptics are not doing their homework. Dolly is coming forward to provide information, to spread the ET message, to um, counteract the disinformation and fear surrounding this subject. Yes, she has proved it to me. I do vet witnesses. I ask for corroborating witnesses. You know, I do ask for medical records. I interview them over and over again on the same incidents to see if their story changes. I do all the tools uh, normal police investigators, I, I guess you would say, would use. Dolly does have photographic evidence, really good photographic evidence, not mm -hmm. just photographs, but moving films. Uh, so I just want to put that out there <laughs> that uh, this is really not about, I, I don't write books to convince people. I'm writing them to educate them. Mm -hmm. And it's up to people. You can read every book you want on earth about UFOs, and it's not going to let you personally know anything. There's a huge gap between knowledge and belief. And all a person's story is, is a guidepost for you to, on your own journey to personal knowledge. Uh, a, a lie detector test isn't going to do it. Those can be faked. Look at what mm -hmm. happened to poor Travis Walton, who yeah. passed multiple lie detector tests, and so did all his buddies, and they are still attacking him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good point. Good point. Um, you know, what are you? What are your thoughts on like uh, different organizations going into space or trying to start a space tourism industry? Like Richard Bronson had tried that with Virgin Galactic, um, and he had a big 
thing about that and then it just all of a sudden went silent and then elon musk had a big thing about going to space and then supposedly he went to space but now all of a sudden um that's not a big focus anymore so how come it it seems like every time an organization whether it's private or federal or government supposedly goes to space they come back somewhat silent or they start refocusing on humanities issues i mean that seems to be the recurring pattern what are your thoughts on that <laughs> sorry they can't they can't <laughs> sustain the story that no no untruth is sustainable for a right length of time it always uh reaches like water it reaches its own level truth will always come out okay and they can only lie to you for so long before the truth comes out uh that's a narcissist nightmare okay being found out and they have to move on and go to something else uh, they have a huge agenda that they're operating, and they'll use any lie, any circumstance, any anything to direct you or misdirect you toward what they want you to do, not what you want to do, period. That's what that is. Give up work, worrying about what everybody else is doing. Literally give it up. Um, you need to stop worrying about the world. The world is not your home. It's not going to be your home any longer. You need to worry about you. You need to heal all your insufficiencies. You need to bring your abilities up to working order. You need to find your own knowledge, your own knowing, your own wisdom. It is so important now. So important. Right. And, you know, and, and, and there's, there's seems to be a lot of different um, psyops and, and things going on to um, distract people from their own personal awakenings, their, their own you know, lifting up of their consciousness and working on their inner health because it's always, oh, look at here, now look at here. Oh, that's not working. Yeah. Now look look at here. Oh, yeah. oh, the people do are getting know, restless. Let's create a new one. New yeah, narrative. Do you, know how, do you know how programmed you are to think like that? What you're doing right now? Mm-hmm. You are totally trained. The one thing about the human mind, that physical, your physical mind, is it live it 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 can it's not conscious itself. And it has a program that runs on habituality, okay? It habituates everything it does. And if it if something is good, it'll keep going toward that. The habit becomes what it feels good to them, what it's operating in that operates well, okay? All computers run that way. Uh, if it's not zero, it's one. If it's, you know what I'm saying? It chooses to habituate its programming toward what works for them. You have literally been negatively habituated to think that you need to worry about what everybody else thinks. Yeah, not... we, all, we all have. That, that is the yeah. nature of society. And it's been going on for a very long time. Right, right. That's why I love Buddha, just so you know that, okay? Buddha, Buddhist principles and teachings are foundational for us. I would consider that, completely consider that while you're learning to meditate, or uh, even Krishna has a lot to teach about that. Uh, you need to spiritually go within before you go without. Okay. So important. Just yeah. let, it go. let it go. Let it all go. Don't keep looking at their BS. Don't keep looking at their uh, hysterical drama because it mm-hmm. takes you away from what you're doing. Period. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right, 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 right. I think this, this is, was it May 2022? I got to think of the year. I don't I don't measure the time until you know I have to. But anyway, so it's yeah. May 2022. And right now the popular culture melodrama is on some 
some defamation court case between a, a ex-husband and ex-wife. Right. Do you and, have the ability to make that perfect? Do you have the ability to change I, it in any way? You. Oh, you. no. I, I don't What's follow not? it. I don't follow it. But what that's what a lot of change? people are doing. Yeah. What can you change? The only thing you can change is you. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. You couldn't fix it if you tried. All you can do is change the way you're reacting to it. All you can do is change the way you're perceiving it, whether you're seeing it correctly or incorrectly. Mm-hmm. You. Yeah. Okay. That doesn't Her- mean give up relationships. It doesn't mean give up not taking care of people who are in your purview around you. That is part of love. That's what love demands. Okay. You have to care for each other. Okay. But while you're doing that, you still take care of you first. You still worry about how you're understanding it. And, you know, what if, okay, you know this, you're a mama. There have been days, I guarantee it, because I'm a mama too, where you sit there and you're thinking, I'm this close. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to implode or explode. Take a pick. Mama need a break. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's not what's coming at you. That's the problem. It's you. And you know, instinctively as a mother that you need to break, you need to stop. Mm-hmm. Okay. You need to let it go and you need to go calm down about it. And you need to take care of yourself. Cause if you don't do that, you cannot care for that baby, that child at all. Okay. That's how you should treat your entire life. Be your own best friend, your own best mom. The universe works this way. Everybody should worry about themselves. And then, yeah. and then as you walk into situations where you're walking down the street and this guy's starving to death, say, you want a bath? <laughs> want some food? I'll, we'll make you shelter and the whole community will back you up. That's what we should need to be living. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so just a quick note for all of these, I call them distractions. Correct. Okay. Whether it's this war or it's this court case yeah, or it's whatever. These are all different life lessons that people are experiencing. But like what you're saying is these are not only distractions, but these are taking away from your energy and your time that you have right. to build up your consciousness, right. Right. to build up your, right. your, your energy field, to yes. build up your awakening, to yes. prepare yourself psychologically right. and prepare yourself into a new habit of living so that when so these that cat- as, you, as you're dealing with things, as you've learned to cope and handle, okay, and hear the truth, your consciousness will broadcast that out and you actually help facilitate others to reach that point too. Consciousness is a very powerful thing. Everybody hears everybody, whether you realize it or not. When you're psychic and wide open psychic, and trust me, I can hear what people think, okay? Your consciousness is a powerful thing and your negativity is spilling over on everybody you're walking around. Your positivity does the same thing. It spills. And what Mm. happens is that everybody reaches the point simultaneously where all the consciousness wake up together and agree. And then, then it changes. Then the whole world changes. Then the war stops. Then the hate stops. Then the division stops, but it's everybody working toward themselves and how they're dealing with it to spread that positivity out. That's how positivity works. Okay. That's the energy of it. It's great among friends. Negative is the same way. Negative loves birds of a feather flock together. It's really true. Okay. If you're building negative energy, that's all you're going to have around. You're building positive energy. But the funny thing is, is that positive always knocks out the negative. You want to know how I know this? We have example A in our universe. There is, there is positive matter. And there's antimatter. 
positive and negative. Do you know that antimatter cannot exist in our universe? Because the positive matter snuffs it out, cannot mm-hmm. exist. They've proven that with CERN, period. They know this. Yeah, what's okay? the deal with CERN? I mean, is CERN destroying our reality? Is destroying no, our, our absolutely. world? That's, or... that's a lie. That's what's a the lie. whole deal? What, what, from your experience, can you talk about CERN and clarify anything about what is CERN doing, really? CERN is trying to develop energy that is like energy that the ETs use. The nuclear type of energy that they use is not available on this planet. And humans seem to think that if they concoct things, you know, like an alchemist, they can build it, okay, Mm -hmm. Uh, artificially. That's what CERN is. They're trying to develop that kind of nuclear uh, energy into a usable power source because their back-engineered technology cannot work like ETs at all. They know how ETs work. They just don't have the, at this time, they don't have the technology to back it up. And they think that they can build this energy this way and they cannot, it's not on this planet, period. So they're, they're popping molecules to create this type of power. Uh, they, they first started to try to figure out if antimatter was part of it, okay? And they did build, they built, I guess they came up with seven protons of antimatter. Mm-hmm. And then they had 12, guess what happened? They lost containment, it disappeared. This is, okay. this is a proton, one of the smallest particles there is. And they only had seven and then 12 of them. Think about that. In a huge magnetic environment that was supposed to contain them. They built this giant thing. And there's two of them. There's CERN and there's one in Chicago as well. Nuclear. Oh, Chicago. Yeah, there's a part of That was the first one. First particle accelerator there is. They they went from that to CERN. Um, There's always two of everything. Well, okay. So, um, I personally don't care what they do because, you know, the scientists, researchers, they'll do whatever they do. But the concern that many people have is that it's going to have a negative effect on the planet and on reality. So no, absolutely. No. Okay. So we don't have to worry about CERN. Nobody's making a black hole in this thing. They can't do that. Okay. They can't make a black hole. They can't throw us into some weird parallel reality where everything's upside down. Okay. So there's nothing negative that they can accomplish. Okay. So so that that basically... they're not going to really achieve much of anything, but no. they're not going to destroy much of it. Oh, they're learning anything. stuff, but not enough to accelerate the ET's level. Not at all. Okay. No. Okay. So that, that, that's not much of a, of a, of a threat. That's Correct. what people, most people are concerned about. So, and then um, the, the concerns, and I think you addressed this earlier about the quote, quote, elites or these, these very, very Masons and Illuminati. I mean, whatever names you want to put into it. Uh, That's got so much BS in it. You have no idea. Yeah. yeah. You know what a Mason is? A Mason is a a person and they've been around. Jesus was probably a Mason. Okay. They go way back, back to the Egyptians. Okay. And these are men who kept civilization. They kept the knowledge, the keys to civilization. Uh, They held it like it was theirs and theirs alone to deal at as they seem fit. Okay. This is the 1% thinking they could run everything. They were, the, they were the arbiters and the collectors of that kind of power. The, Masa- the Masons uh, developed into, well, the Templars, they're also Masons. Uh, Jacques de Molay, the Templar, was assassinated by a pope, was burned at the stake 
Okay. And the Templars went off to become pirates and they went around trying to do other things. They've been around for a long time. Okay. Their knowledge is really good and they're good and good, good, good men. Okay. They're not evil, most of them. But as evil infiltrates into people, it infiltrates into, you know, things like the Templars and the, and so they start getting a bad name. I think mm-hmm. if you call somebody bad long enough, people believe it's bad. And that starts the process, the, the downhill bad snowball into things. Okay. As consciousness thinks it does, you mm-hmm. know, as you say it, it can become a, a happening thing. You can alter uh, what's going on around you, the play you're in, uh, the existence that you're living by thinking negatively. You do it to yourself every day. If it's stinking, thinking, stinking, thinking, no matter how you look at it. Okay. Uh, so these, these things that you hear about all these guys, if there's more Ask yourself a question. Why are you going after them? Why are you saying such bad things about them? You afraid of them? Because I guarantee you that fear goes both ways. Paranoia, evil is more paranoid and fearsome of good than anything else. And it 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 uh gaslights everybody. It won't let mm-hmm. you know the truth. Okay. So you gotta that's why you yourself, you, you, you have to ferret this truth out. And the only way to do that is to work from within, not without. If so you listen dis- to everybody else, it's wrong. Yeah. Don't do it. More distractions. Right. More distractions. They never get it right. I mean, gossip, think about it. You remember when you're a kid and you sat in a circle and you tell one kid one thing and it's telephone, you pass it all the way around. And the message at the end is so out there, you know, that's what happens. Humans, humans just don't get it because you're not operating on a full system right now. You're, you're con- the reason that I have an eidetic memory is because I'm fully conscious. My, mm-hmm. I'm I'm awake, psychically awake, and I'm listening to my conscious, real consciousness 24-7. It's not lying to me. I hear mm-hmm. the truth all the time, and I remember it because I have it backing me up. It, it's in source, and it's able to come back at me and say, no, it's like this. Remember this. That's why I can spit this out to you like I do. That's why I don't need to read a manual, or I, I don't need to read my notes. I don't need to study every time I do a show. You're talking to me deadpan. I mean, mm-hmm. if you want to see what I got in my lap, here you go. Me, myself, and I, this is it, just me in my house. I don't have notes. I don't have anything backing me up. Nobody telling me what to do. You're talking to pure consciousness right now. And it remembers everything. Okay. Wonderful. Okay. Okay. So I have a last question for both of you. Um, Please. Well, maybe the last two questions. Dolly, please clarify who people like us are. Mm -hmm. Who is that? You, me, Preston. The guy down the street, the dog, Biden, Putin, you name it. We're all us, all of us. Okay. ET is us as well. We are all the same thing. All of okay. us. Okay. It's the one, it's the oneness of everyone that of existence. Like, That's right. Okay. Right. So, so in Buddhism, we document the starseed journey of Yeshua ben Yosef or Isa, or in yes. the West, you would call Jesus, right. who was tasked to help raise consciousness. But his right. life work was stifled by the oligarchs of his time. Now, Correct. still still today, um, these types of oligarchs control so much of our planet from the short leashes on media, medicine, money, and almost every aspect of society. I know you touched this on the elites. Basically, they're going to do what they do, and you can use them as a distraction to not focus on raising your consciousness, your awakening, and preparing yourself. Um, but that's personal choice. And like these disasters, plagues, illnesses, are those also exit strategies for people? 
to get out of this? No, don't look at it that way. That's not, that's not how this works. Uh, you're here to learn lessons. You're here also to learn to live your own life. You're here to live in joy. You're here to live in peace. You're here to find happiness. You know, you're here to involve yourself as your consciousness knows, okay? You're, the whole universe knows this, you know, the all mind knows this, that we are in joy. We are mm -hmm. in love with one another. We are each other. And to deny that is not okay. It's not healthy, okay? We, we are supposed to be learning to be sure. And we choose how we're going to learn, when we're going to learn it, and that, okay? But things that happen to us are nothing but tools the universe has used to throw gambits at us so that we do learn, okay? Mm. But you're still supposed to live your life. And I'm not telling anybody to panic. I'm not telling anybody to stop what you're doing and not live your life. Absolutely do that. Be in joy. Be in happiness, okay? Mm. While you're doing this, calmly walk through it. You know, people who can firewalk, that's a bad thing that fire, right? And yet they just calmly walk right through it. No problem. No burnt feet, nothing. That's what living means. Be in joy mm. while you do it. Be in joy. Uh, Preston, in the book, your last sentence ends the book with wisdom is your freedom from tyranny. Do you want to speak on your last sentence? Yeah, well, that's actually a direct quote from Talata and Dolly, okay. who yeah. wanted to... <laughs> leave with some words of wisdom and it, it, it's awesome you want to hear yeah. the whole thing yes Let, let's let's leave with that as the last message so this is the whole thing from the last sentence of the yeah, book gotta give me i want to quote uh, it directly because this is yeah. a lot of mostly his it's mine and we we talked about it together and it just came out together so okay. give me a second yeah. yeah, so so My, the book is Symmetry, a true UFO adventure, and this is yeah. the last sentence that the book leaves it's the last its audience with. Yeah, it's the last paragraph that leads to that sentence. Okay, give you context. Everybody's worried about disclosure, wanting to know the truth. Okay, and Talata was very adamant about you understanding where truth really lies, and he was trying to paint a picture for you of what listening to them is all about. Okay. This is what this says. It says, disclosure from those in authority over humanity will always tactically use plausible deniability. Their agenda supersedes all humanity. Our reality is their construct. It is their power and its weaponization, which impugns all explanations to humanity. Therefore, learn all that is learnable understand each of us must use our abilities to discern our position in this paradigm. Wisdom is your freedom from their tyranny. Mm. Okay. That is on my Facebook. If you go through, you know, you got your picture and then you got the thing behind it. If mm. you flip through it, you'll find it. That exact quote. Okay. That's beautiful. Person, you, you wanted to leave a mass, last message as well? Oh, sure. I mean, my last message would be, underlying all of that would be to leave fear behind allow love and truth to come guide your actions uh, search for knowledge not belief and recognize that we are all one immortal eternal beings and also garden save food have fun <laughs> absolutely 
I love it. I love it. Well, uh, Dolly and Preston, it was such a treat to discuss the spiritual nature of UFO abductions with you two. So I think the UFO experiencer phenomenon is so much more interesting when you add the multidimensional consciousness into it. So for more information about Preston Dennett's books and to get a copy of Amazon's number one bestseller of UFO uh, of Dolly Saffron's memoir, Symmetry, A True UFO Adventure, please visit his website, which is PrestonDennett.Weebly.com. It's also in the show descriptions. And thank you kindly for listening to another enlightening conversation. Until next time, blessings. (laughs) Namaste. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Merkaba Chakras where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. For more information about today's guest, please go to the show description. For more information about Vaughn's metaphysical work, please go to MerkabaChakras.com. The views expressed today are for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Don't forget to subscribe for more interviews about the fifth dimension. Until we meet again, blessings.